Thank you for coming. I'm so glad that you're here. Hello, Amy Wine. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Beautiful face over Zoom. Oh, thank you. Yes. And so today we're talking to women who are listening and they're at a crossroads. And so for you who are listening in the audience, uh, my name is Renee Rebar. I'm a sales strategist, TEDx speaker and author. And my goal is to help you understand that life is a journey and wherever you're taking your next steps, believe me, we've been there. And I think the best way to do that is to share other people's stories when they've had to make tough choices. So today I've brought someone who I had the privilege of meeting in person, getting to know very well. And um, I would like her to share some of her choices that she's made and I'll guide you through this. So first, Amy, to those listening, if you can share a little bit about what you do today, tell them who you are and what you do. Yeah. um, Today I am a marriage and family therapist and a licensed professional counselor, basically same thing, different titles. Um, I also speak to married moms, Jesus loving married moms, specifically, if you want to get really detailed, um, which was be part of the story of how I got to that part. And then I am also a high performance business coach for Michael Hyatt because I needed one more job. (laughs) I do so many different things. I can't just pick one. (laughs) And I think that's, that's one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show, because you are so the epitome of so many women that are listening, so many skill sets, lots of experience, education, certifications, all the, you know, the stripes on our sleeve. So do we have to choose one? No, is the answer. And it's so beautiful. You are really the, you really exemplify that. So I wanted to share your story. Well, and I get frustrated, sorry, I get frustrated with people that tell me I have to choose one. And especially with the online business, that's all you hear is pick one, pick a thing, pick your item. But then I did that and I didn't like it. That's right. So, well, you were, and then that's the thing is you are, this is your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, well, there's a lot of great advice out there, which is great for lots of people. Right. It doesn't have to be for everybody. So to take everything with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. And so to the journey of which you've come today, and you can go back as far as you want, like, you know, mm-hmm. the day you were born to college <laughs> or whatever. Um, tell us as much as you feel comfortable sharing about the journey up until this point, because I think a lot of women seeing you today are going to go, wow, I wish I was there, you know, and they just don't see any of the things that happened up until this point. Yeah. And There's it's a been a hot mess express to get here, honestly, like. I don't know that we have enough time for me to go all the way back. So there is, I I guess my childhood, I lived in my car at 18. So I wanted out of my childhood house so bad that I graduated high school, my 18th birthday, and I was not going back. I I didn't know what I was going to do, but I secretly packed everything I could into my little red Nissan Sentra and I went and graduated and it was weird because I, and this part of my story that I want to share is I had physical, sexual, verbal abuse for four to 18 with my stepfather. And I have shared that with a ton of people. Yes. Women, mostly at women's events. But one thing that I did not get in that moment at graduation until fast forward until I was like, 26 is I was asked to give the prayer at my high school graduation. Yes. this And, story. I, love it. and I Good. did not believe in God. 
I did not know God. I grew up with atheists. Um, my grandmother on my dad's side had lived in the town that I was at and they always came and got me and took me to church on Sundays. Um, they are the reason I am where I am, my grandmother, my great grandmother. And they, I didn't go to church though. I went to work in the church nursery so I could bring home money to give. That was the only reason I was allowed to go, but I loved it. Like I loved it. So I didn't really know. And anyway, I said this prayer, put it in a little box, put it in the back of my trunk of my car in this box. It stayed to not be recovered until I'm 26. And I'm sitting in a church with my future husband. Um, I met him at 19. It took him eight years to figure out I was really going to marry him. I knew the instant I saw him. (laughs) I uh, moved to Houston with him in that time frame. And we're sitting at church. And I remember thinking, this pastor, like, was so judgmental. Like, my husband would make me go every week. And I was like, I don't even know why I'm here. We sit in the back row. And I remember just thinking, if he smacks his lips one more time, I'm going to lose it. Like he was just a lip smacker. (laughs) I could not quit focusing on this. And he's talking about college graduation. And then he talks about his story. And I kept thinking, is that all you've got? Like, seriously, you've like lived the good life. (laughs) And I remember being that person. And then he said something about the prayer at college graduation. I get up and I leave like in the middle of his sermon, I get up and I'm like, we have to go right now. And my husband, who is a rule follower, (laughs) he wasn't my husband then. He was like, what is just happening? We had to crawl over people to get out of the pew. So we leave. I am bawling all the way home because all of a sudden I've remembered that I gave the prayer in my high school graduation. And how did I do that? And what did it say? And this became pivotal for me because I still was going to church with my husband, but I wasn't believing anything I heard. I had no connection whatsoever. And I was, I had a wall of fortress of steel around me and I get home and I dig through everything. My closet's now a mess. And I find this little folded up prayer. Like you would fold up that when you used to pass notes (laughs) and um, (laughs) it talked about, it had a Bible verse in the book of John that was marked out because I got embarrassed and didn't say it that night that it talks about going from darkness to light. And as you proceed on your path forward, I hope that you find your light and come out of the darkness. Mm. And I still get chills today Mm -hmm. because that was the day that I knew there was a God because there is no reason I should have ever given that prayer or ever talked about going to darkness to light. So fast forward, I get married start having babies, <laughs> lots of babies. I got three babies <laughs> and th- my oldest was three and a half. When my third was born, I lived in Babyland. Um, I owned a scrapbook store crazy enough. So I had my second, third baby owning the scrapbook store and my son was diagnosed with high functioning autism. So that's when I made my first choice. I finally felt like I did not know how to run a business at all. I just kind of jumped in. Um, I had a partner that went down the tubes in about year three. Don't ever go into partners with your friends. Um, And I finally got it right. And I told my husband, I got this business right. Like, I finally feel like I've got my head above water. And a month later, I found out about my son. I literally closed the business in 30 days. 
So I knew it was time for me to go back home. So I stayed home with them for a while. And then I had a third baby. <laughs> I stayed home with them. Well, I'd already had her at this point. So now I became a stay-at-home mom. And I became a very unhappy stay-at-home mom. I did not, I didn't enjoy it. Um, I don't even remember parts of it. It was just constant, like doctors. And I think we can totally all relate to that. Like everything is like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> there's, we black out years because there's just baby yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, moments. yeah. And I was like, I would never want the toddler's years back until I hit three driving teens. And then I was like, well, maybe I could take the toddler years. That's a different story, different time. So <laughs> I actually ended up doing, I used to do immigration for an oil field company and I got to do that at home. So I taught myself the U.S. immigration system and I help people get visas. I needed something. And then it was like, okay, I still need something. So I thought best scenario, I'll go back. I love kids. I always thought I'd be a teacher. So I'm going to go get my teaching certification. So while I was doing that, I started subbing. So I would go to school with my kids and bring them home with me. Best of both worlds, right? They, it was like, I'm going to stay at home mom still, but I've got something else while they're busy. I'm busy. Yeah. That worked great until, until I decided I wanted to go to a lower income school. I needed more of a challenge mm. and my kids were getting older. And I thought this would work. The school is only two miles from my house, but they were a late school. My kids were in an early school. So this created some problems. This created me needing help after school, um, created a whole series of things. But I knew in that moment when I got that job, I was actually at the grad school having an interview to enter grad school for counseling. As I walked out, I got the phone call that I got that teaching job. Yeah. So I knew in that moment that that was a God thing, that it was really like, this is your sign. You're supposed to go teach coming together. Yes. So I ended up taking the teaching job. I had homeless kids next to doctor's kids. I had social issue after social issue. Um, I went to some kid's house to find him and had a gun pulled on me by the dad and said, never come back. Like it was constant Mm -hmm. and I loved it. I loved every part of it, (laughs) but that whole year I kept thinking, I want to talk to your kids. I don't want to teach them to read anymore. I thought this is not good. (laughs) So I'm doing what I'm supposed to, but it just kept being sign after sign after sign, but I still felt that's where I'm supposed to stay at the end of that school year. They have this thing where if you have excess teachers, because you don't have the numbers the next year, then you lose the person that was last in the door. That was not going to be me. There was a single mom that came in two weeks after me who absolutely needed this job. Mm. And I went home and told my husband, it can't be her. It has to be me. And if I do not resign, then she's losing her job. I could come home because really we were living on his salary. I can come home and I have the luxury of doing this. She does not. Yeah. So I made that decision best decision ever. I will quit school. And that last day of school, I was at grad school that night. Yeah. So now funny part, I went to grad school in a seminary. (laughs) God has a sense of humor. 
And I really thought it was going to burn down around me the first year. <laughs> like I literally said that multiple times. I'm like, it's not burned down yet. <laughs> it's still going I'm here. <laughs> Can't believe I'm in here. Now you take somebody that grew up with atheists, right? Did not know God. And I will tell you, even though I started believing in my late twenties, I really did not start focusing on this until my early thirties. And then we started teaching Sunday school as our kids got there. So I learned the stories through the kids, but I did not know the Bible. And now I'm in a grad school Bible program. (laughs) Yes, it's for counseling, but we had to take the Bible classes and my professors have written dozens of books. (laughs) I kid you not. The poor guy next to me, there were pastors, major pastors in my classes there. It was so far out of my element. Kid you not the very first class I had sticky notes and I would write down what I thought the guy was saying. And I'd be like, can you spell that? And I'd give the guy next to me a sticky note and he'd spell it and give it to me. That went on the whole year. I'm like, I don't even, it was a foreign language. (laughs) And then they told me to go write this paper on a new Testament thing. And then we had one on old Testament, go get the commentaries. What is a commentary? (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. I remember, um, she's a really like, she's written a bunch of books. She is a pastor of a really big Methodist church. Her and her husband here in Houston had been for decades. I remember her taking me by my hand and going, honey, we're going on a trip to the library. (laughs) She showed me everything. So it was rough. Um, but I really thought I was just going to work with kids. Right. So I did, I, I had a job at a nonprofit. I did their marketing through grad school that helped me get busy in the community. I really thought I would never leave there. And then fast forward and do my internship. I do all like 3000 hours after grad school. I finished a three-year program in less than two years. I was determined. Yeah. Got to get it done. Not the best choice for my family at the time I found out, but I was, I knew what I wanted. So I put a deadline on it. Right. I said, I want to be done by May of this year. So back it up. How many hours do I got to take? Love it. I did it. It was not easy with three kids and a job. (laughs) So, but doable. Did it. I was mostly play therapy. I was seeing anywhere from 30 to 40, some kids a week. Um, A lot of them were um, really rough cases coming from a CPS system because I worked in a nonprofit at the time. Um, Others were not. And then one day I thought, I really just wonder, I was getting my own clients, like the company I was working for wasn't getting them. And I had a waiting list. I was like, I wonder if there's any counselor space for rent near me. Mm -hmm. One day just Googled it. Sure enough, one pops up like two minutes from my house. I go interview with them and they say to me, you can have this little office space here, but if you see children, we don't. And all the doors open to the waiting room. And they were like, so you, they need, we don't want them laying on the floor or flopping around and they just need to be quiet. And I looked at them and I go, I see children. (laughs) Like I'm confused but I see children. So I knew what they do. (laughs) This was not going to be the place for me. I was so disappointed. So I drive out and I see space for rent. Okay. (laughs) 
literally a God thing. Call the guys like, well, I'm here right now and I have a space and I'm getting ready to show it. But if you're here, then go ahead and come look at it. So I go look at it as two offices, a little waiting room, a little file area in the bathroom. Perfect. And I say to him, I'll take it. How much is it? I'll take it. (laughs) He goes, uh, but I know from having the scrapbook store places have like 40 and 50 page leases. Yep. So how do we start this process? Do you need my financials? What do you need? And he's like, well, I've already promised this to somebody else. Well, then why are you showing it to me? He goes, if they tell me no, then you're in. I said, okay. So we're talking. He's like, what do you really want? I said, you know, it'd be nice just to have a few offices, um, a waiting room. I would love a little kitchen area and a bathroom and I'd be a happy camper. He's like, okay. I wasn't even home. My phone rings. Hey, come back. I got something for you. Seriously. Okay. Turn around, come back. And there was a Remax Realtors. And they had two suites, one of them, they wanted out of their lease two years early because they were building somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And they had been asking him, he wasn't going to let them out. Oh. And three offices, a waiting room, a bathroom and a kitchen. Hello, I'm in. So I say, okay, so now what do we got to do? And he goes, just give me a check for the deposit. I'll send you over the lease. This is in the parking lot. And I said, wait, don't you want to check my financials or whatever? And he's like, you drive a Cadillac Escalade. I said, let me tell you, that says nothing. It says nothing. It was <laughs> bought on the used car lot. <laughs> says nothing. And he goes, it's all right. If you don't pay your rent, I'll lock you out. My lease is four pages. I don't mess around with those 40, 50 page leases. Boom. Done. Write him a check in the parking lot. The price was better than anywhere else. I hadn't even told my husband I did this. <laughs> Not it, it was like, it was so, it was like, so meant to be. Yes. So, so I go home and I tell him and he's like, what? <laughs> but I, I don't think it was a surprise to your husband either. <laughs> no. He's like, I can never get you settled. Like I just, you want to teach? Nope. We're going to grad school. Now we got grad school. Oh no. Now we're going to open our own business again. Here, I just want to say something right here. Like it might appear from some people, maybe your husband's vantage point that you're bouncing around, but really to me, and I think it, to you, and to, I, this is, this was an evolution and, and a, it all makes sense in hindsight, right? So as you're doing it, so if you're listening to this and you're, and people are telling you, you always bounce around, you're making one thing, then you're doing another, like you uh-huh. just shared, Amy, please, if you're listening know that it's a part of your evolution and it's to- like, it's, you're just, you're literally growing into this. Like you're, cre- this is something that's happening. Yes. So allow it to be created in front of you. And I if love- I have not had the scrapbook store, which my husband calls the money pit, <laughs> if I had not had that, I would not have known all the things to open this business as quick as I did. Exactly. So it all just flowed. So I have the counseling center in a suburb of Houston, Texas, and it grew from that little suite to two suites in six months to three suites in a year and a half to another one with a conference room in two years. We're hitting five years next week, actually. Um, It's gone from me to 16 counselors. We're trying to hire up to 22. And honestly, this business runs itself now. That's how I found Michael Hyatt is 
we hit seven figures in 18 months. And I went, wait a minute. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) All of a sudden I felt stupid again. (laughs) Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And in hindsight of that, I really did know what I was doing. I just didn't have the confidence because there's something about that number, Mm -hmm. even though it's the gross number and really not what I'm taking home. It's, it's scary at first, even though everybody's like, I want to hit seven figures. I'm like, but do you like, do you have to? And trust me, hit seven figures, but you're not bringing seven figures home. (laughs) There's a huge misconception. And this is a good also place to kind of break this for a second being, we know each other because we're in a mastermind together. And it's a lot of people that are, you know, at seven, they're trying to get to eight, eight, trying to get to 10, whatever. Okay, great. But that it doesn't, it's not all the pie that you, that you sign up for all the time, because with, you know, with, with that comes other pieces that maybe you're not even aware of yet. Absolutely. And counseling centers, counseling centers got some high overhead. Like just the insurance alone. I was just going to say insurance. That would be my first. The my in- liability insurance for counselors is whoo. Um, but it's still profitable. And I didn't really care to have a huge amount here. Like, so I just kind of didn't put it on perspective. So when I went to Michael Hyatt, I thought they wouldn't accept me because I thought that, oh, it's going to be all Fortune 500 people. It's going to be, and there are those. But so not confident walking in that room, but I'm now one of his coaches for businesses. I see mostly um, wellness professionals, doctors, um, therapists, not all, but some, uh, most of them. And it's been amazing because I've been able to take the tools that he did and I taught and I come home or I come home and I put them into practice. And one thing he said was, you want to own your business, not run it. And I'm like, right now it's running me, right? I'm working too much. This is not what I wanted. I wanted to be home with my kids. I was missing that. I, I didn't want to stay home with them. I want to get wrong. <laughs> like I knew my limits here. I needed something for my brain that goes constantly. So I wanted a balance, right? I wanted to have it all. And that is one of the things that he does. So now the only reason I'm a coach for him now is because it changed my life. So I literally spend four hours a week in the counseling center now, and it is multi seven figures. So I, four hours, um, I have great staff. I have great people that help me. I do not do this alone. Um, but I've learned to lead it and get people that are so much smarter than me in certain areas. Right. And a lot of people are intimidated to do that, but really it just makes you look better (laughs) in the end. Exactly. Exactly. But that's the thing. Like so many people, like, like they start a business and they have this idea in their head and they have no idea about what's next. Yeah. But again, your choice to have the scrapbooking business, even though you jumped in with two feet without, without knowing that was like your practice. And then you got the chance to work in all these other organizations and the nonprofit included in that and see their internal operations and all of that, whether it was formal or informal, you were gathering that information and you were also being led and shined the light on, you know, to be able to make sure that everything lines up. It does make sense as you move forward. So like you couldn't have, you couldn't be here without having been here first. Absolutely. And those years were hard. Like they were not easy. Um, there was depression. 
there was anxiety at levels that like, I did not sleep for several years. Like I'd wake up by one and I was up till four. I'm ready to go back to bed when it's time to get up. I mean, crazy amount of insomnia, um, financial stress, um, because, you know, when you bite off on a business in a parking lot, you really don't think about the fact that now you've got to paint it and put in new floors because they are God awful ugly. And now you need furniture and internet. And then I'm like, Oh boy. So what are we going to do to fund this? So I did it as cheaply as possible, but then you scale fast. Then you go into debt. That brought me stress, right? Because to scale that fast, I made the choice to go into debt to do it, but I knew with everything in me, it was what I was supposed to do, scary or not. And now five years in, we're debt-free. It's running itself. We're serving anywhere between five and 600 clients a week um, and helping do what I know I was meant to do. The same time, I wanted more. And every time I talked to the people that I had in my group around then about wanting more, they're like, why you have it all right now? Just be happy. Just be happy. I'm like, but I want more. And I know that I'm supposed to do something else. So then I started hearing about online courses. And I'm like, well, what is that? And honestly, in July, 2019, I did not know what a Facebook pixel was. <laughs> so for anybody listening that's online, <laughs> I now know everything about a funnel. So you can do it (laughs) also not, it's also stressful, (laughs) but I wanted to take what I did successfully during the day online. And there is a transformation in here where I stopped seeing as many children. And I found out I was really gifted at couples Mm -hmm. and that came from seeing the parents. And I had this epiphany one time that if I could just see the parents, not every kid needs to walk through my door right? If I can help them, I can help the kids. So I really went in depth on learning couples and I trained with Dr. John Gottman. He was one of the premier uh, marriage um, researchers and counselors. He's phenomenal. So I went to Seattle a lot for that. And I was seeing couples and I was challenged by it and entertained and very entertaining. (laughs) I loved it. So, but then I was like, I know I'm supposed to do more. I have all these ideas. I want to write a book. I want to write just more ideas than I have lifetimes. But I decided to take this online. And I did. I was like, okay, who's the best person I can afford? I can't afford Tony Robbins. I can't afford Dean Graziosi, you know? And then I found out about the bro club and I was like, I don't even want them. But (laughs) I kept going down. Um, I ended up with Rick Mulready, who was fantastic. Loved him. He took a chance on me. Here's a choice. I knew I did not want to waste time learning it on my own and from somebody that hadn't done it because I did that with counseling. Right. (laughs) I mean, I just turned 50. I do not have time to get all this accomplished if I'm going to do that. So he said, Amy, you have to have made at least $10,000 in an online course to, no, he said 8,000, 8,000. Yeah. Somewhere around there, 7,500, 8,000. You have to have at least that minimum an online course before you can join my mastermind. And I was like, okay, that's it. Like I need to have a course and I need to have made 
$8,000 and I need, then I, you'll let me in. And he laughed and he's like, sure. (laughs) Idea. So I was doing a court or a um, live event for moms, um, surviving summer for moms. It had sold out so much that we had, we could only fit 30 people in our conference room that we had had to do it three times. And I thought, Hmm, wonder if I could record that throw it up on Kajabi, make it an online course, send it to my email list. And what about the people that can't come in? I sold $8,100. I love it. So every, every choice you've made, every pivot that you've made has really been about your, your tenacity, your grit. You're like, tell me what I got to do. I'm going to make it happen. And that I think yeah. is so many of these listeners is that they want to do more. They know they want to do more. It's possible, but they permission. They need to give themselves permission. Give yourself permission. And I'm not going to say that this came easy and I just do it. I do jump into things probably sometimes faster than I should and should have thought through some things because not everything's worked. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> lots of failures in here, but that one, another God moment, like that's just a God wink to me. It's right at the exact amount. I, and I did it in two weeks. I messaged him back and I'm like, here you go. Here's my screenshots of what I've brought in. Now I'm coming. Y'all, I was so far out of my element. That was in May. I did this July, 2019. I went to San Diego for three days with people yep. that were making six, seven figures online business. They've been doing this for years. I did not know what a Facebook pixel was. Right. <laughs> and I literally went back to the Airbnb every night and cried. Oh no. I, I cried hysterically after the first day I wanted to go home I did not know what they were talking about it was a foreign language kind of like grad school and seminary (laughs) what's a funnel like what's a sequel I mean I knew nothing (laughs) and I stuck with it they got really frustrated with me when it was my hot seat time and I felt like Rick wanted to beat his head on the wall and later he would tell me he did (laughs) Um, anyway, but I didn't want to pick one thing. I wanted to have a whole bunch of things. I wanted to serve parents. I wanted to serve couples. I wanted to serve women. Yeah. He's like, no, you just have to have one thing. I was like, okay, well I'll do marriage. So I did. And I did marriage. Marriage online is a different story than marriage in person. Yes. One-on-one versus 1500 in a group in two days without a team, (laughs) a team of one. And I got overwhelmed very fast. I didn't know about speaking to my audience. I didn't about who I would most connect with. I didn't know all the tech things. I quickly hired a couple people to help me like assistants or whatever. Um, Hired bad, um, hired somebody to be a digital business manager who was not a good thing. Thousands of dollars later, um, struggled. I sold enough to be profitable, but to scale it, I knew I needed something else. And then April of 2020 hit. So COVID hits in March, Mm. April, 2020 life happened to me personally. And I'll never forget it. It's not my story to share, but I needed to be home. And I mean, in my home and not leaving. So for the next three months, I was at home. My husband and I would switch off. I did not come to the counseling center one time in three months and it did better than ever. 
Like, <laughs> thank goodness. Well, thank goodness. Yeah. I don't think it would survive on that. No. Full time, but it did over that summer. And I put, I took a marriage thing that I had people signed up for. Um, I refunded $12,000 and I called it all off. I have podcasts, everything got called off that summer. I sat with it and I sat with it and I kept thinking, well, let me plan for it. And while I'm sitting at my house, I can do da, 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 da. And there was nothing in me that could bring myself to do it. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, maybe I'm not supposed to do this online, but I kept feeling like, no, there's something. I started pulling out old journals mm. and then I realized I used to talk to women at women's events through the church all the time. And what I had also come to realize when I'm going through this, I started going through all the hundreds and hundreds of pages of information that people had given us in the group, their words. I was studying that. What are they saying? What are they wanting? And I realized it's the women. They don't know who they are anymore. Mm. And I had been there. Yeah. Right before I took that teaching job yeah. at that other school that I was at a year, I sat in my backyard and cried for six weeks because somebody asked me what brought me joy and I couldn't answer the question. Mm. Then I started hearing through all these women, we blame our spouse for if they would only ask us on a date, if they would only pay attention, if they would only tell us we're beautiful, if they would only, mm-hmm. I would perfectly fine and happy. And we'd be in love and all these things. And I thought my husband could tell me that till the cows came home right now. And it's not going to work because I'm not happy. Right. And so it's almost like before you were getting with, you had wanted to help the kids and you realize you could help the parents, you help the kids and to help the marriage. If you help the woman, cause that's usually the person uh-huh. who in, initiates. I mean, I absolutely. Could yeah. Counseling. Yeah. Yeah. And most but. of the people online were not coming to me as couples. Right. They were coming to me as an individual, which I do believe you can change an entire marriage if you change an individual. But even in my marriage course, there is one whole module on you. Yeah. And I went, love it. That is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. I knew it without a doubt. When I started before Rick and I said, well, I guess I'm going to have a podcast because that's what people that have online businesses do. I know. I know that checklist. (laughs) And so I had named it couch time with Amy wine. But then when I went in with Rick, he's like, "Mm, if you're going to do marriage, you just need to be married. So I named it marriage on fire. Well, I'm now rebranding that. So I have pretty much made the choice. and It's scary to burn down the marriage business who was finally starting to take off. But now that I know sort of what I'm doing in sort of what I'm doing in online business, I have sat with it in silence. I've sat with it for months. Mm-hmm. I know like with marriage, I always thought, well, I can do this. I guess I'll do this. Mm-hmm. This one, it's like, like, like being a counselor. I know this is what I'm supposed to do is to help women with their identity and purpose mm-hmm. and teach them to love themselves and to find joy because we get lost in all those hats oh of life, gosh. mom, entrepreneur, wife, chauffeur, accountant, nurse. 
mm-hmm. cook, laundry person, all those things, whatever they are, dog poop picker upper. <laughs> yes. Right. All those things. All those things. We get lost because we're so busy serving all the important people around us mm-hmm. that we lose ourselves, And it really is that we haven't lost ourselves. We just want something different. And we haven't figured out that different or allowed it to grow and evolve or come back around. And I remember when I joined this mastermind with you all again, felt way out of my element. Like these people actually know what they're doing and I'm a fraud. (laughs) I do not know what I'm doing. But I remember Julie at the mastermind person saying, well, I'm only going to allow you to burn down your business one time in three years. (laughs) Okay. You gave me a plan. I work well within a plan. Three years. I got three years until you let me change again. (laughs) And she's like, I do need you to pick one thing. I'm like, but I don't want to pick one thing because now I have all these marriage courses and now I have all of these other things. And she's like, okay, well, you could put them up there under your company brand because I do have a company that houses all of these. And it has like this ecosystem of beautiful Yes. One leads into another. Yeah. But I want you to personally be known for something. And that was the first time I heard, oh, I'm allowed to keep all these things here. Maybe let somebody else better than me take care of them. Mm-hmm. And then I am personally known for something here. And oh, by the way, after you get this done, you can go and you can add back in marriage for those women. And you can add, I'm like, oh, now this I like. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's like, but what were you going to call this new course? And I was like, awaken me. She's like, Mm -hmm. oh, really? I was like, yeah, awaken me, a journey to finding you. And the thing she said was, that's the first time since I've met you that you've been confident in what you're doing. Mm, I love it. So that's kind of how I got here. Now it's a little ugly at the moment. I'll be honest. Yesterday, I wanted to give it all up and throw it in the trash. (laughs) But that's the said every entrepreneur ever. <laughs> like, yes. But it's I really so, did. So important. Got overwhelmed, throwing it away. And I know I'm going to have to make a choice to give something else up. Um, and that'll probably be my high performance coaching for Michael. Um, it's time. I'm still under contract for another six months, but I think it's time for me to go all in. Yeah um, on this business. I want to work from anywhere. Yes. I didn't know that about myself even two years ago or one year ago. Like I don't, we don't want to live in Houston. Mm. So my husband lost his job of 35 years. So April 20th, life happened really bad at our house. And then May he lost his job on the day of his higher date, 35 years before yeah. in the oil field. Uh, still hasn't gotten one. He's a petroleum engineer. So they early retired him. I mean, we're fine. We're lucky. We're lucky. Um, but we realized we only lived here for his job, not because we wanted to. Mm. And I started empty nesting this week. So now it's like become even more of a priority. Like what, what do we do? Why are we here? Yeah. 
And that is such a big question. And that is, a, that is, and that brings us, I mean, so beautifully right back to the beginning of where the women are that are listening to this right now. And hopefully from your story and the journey that you were so gracious to share is that they can hopefully relate and then also give themselves the permission to continue on that journey. So That's many of us have been something, the mom, the, you know, oh, I'm Ben's mom. Oh, I'm Mark's wife. Oh, I'm John's daughter. Oh, I'm, you know, Deborah's daughter or whatever the case, but who are we? And when we point at other people, well, he's making me feel like this. Well, there's, you know, all these fingers pointing back at you. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) How many are back at you? (laughs) Mm, I know. And I spent, I mean, after, yeah, everything you said, and this is a story for those of you listening, I have heard parts of this story before as Amy and I have known each other personally through this mastermind that we're in together. And I just want to say another thing. Masterminds are phenomenal for meeting people and connecting with other like-minded individuals. If you can surround yourself with more people that, you know, act right, think right, you know, like they're yeah. upstanding individuals. Uh, it's hard enough to find good people in this world, but when you can find good people in business too, stick mm-hmm. to it like glue. Um, this is, this is the way. So knowing this, I wanted you to share the story with the women that are listening. I think there's so many of that are at that crossroads wondering what's next for me. And so what's next for you, if you're listening is awaken me, it's couch time with Amy wine. I'm an actor. And I, I think I have one last thing I want to share. Please do. Give yourself permission to dream big. Even if everybody around you is looking at you like you're crazy. And that's one thing surrounding myself with the people in this mastermind have done for me is that I have felt for the first time, I'm getting chills, the first time accepted and understood that I know I am meant to serve like a hundred thousand women. Like in this way. I know it. I can say it. I can put it and nobody looks at me like I'm insane. Like you're never going to do that. Whereas I haven't felt that. But the other thing I want to say is when we talk, when I talk to women, my story started with my counselor saying, do you get, you should be a prostitute in jail on drugs or dead. And what? I said, well, I think he's as a quote and he said, yeah, like with your childhood, what you've gone through, it's yeah. probably up where 85, 90%, you would be one of those four things. And I looked at him and I was like, very blase. I was probably the worst client. And I said, but I'm not. So now what? And he just smiled and he goes, man, girl, when God catches you, it's going to be crazy. This was when I didn't believe. Oh but my gosh. I got chills. Oh. After I found that prayer in my twenties. I realize I'm not going to mess up my kids' lives, my future kids' lives. Yep. I better get this figured out. Took me two and a half years Love it. of counseling, but we all have a story. And when I tell my story of childhood, there's going to be somebody listening. That's going to be like, oh my gosh, I really have nothing to complain about. That's the most horrific thing I've ever seen or right. heard. Right. But the person sitting next to them, it's going to be like that person that I was that time saying, she's got nothing. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. yeah. but here's the thing. It doesn't matter. We cannot keep comparing ourselves to everybody else around us because we all have the same emotions. Our That's stories true. are different. Our walk is different, but our emotions are the same. So I guarantee you, we've all felt them. There is no worse than better than it's yeah. the same. So give yourself permission to feel those feelings. I love it. 
I love it. I love it. We all have a story. We all have something that we feel like was the worst thing ever. And we had to come through it. And that feeling is the same, regardless of what actually, you know, what the trans, what the, what the transcript says in the police report. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amy, I'm just so delighted that you are willing to come and share your story with us. And, and those women who are listening, I'm delighted that they now know you and can follow you and can find you. And hopefully that that will awaken in them the, the permission that they need yes. to continue on with their journey. Um, and it's just, it's so it's, you're a shining light. I'm so thankful to know you. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> and so th- for those of you listening, um, please continue. We'll have the links to find Amy with this video, wherever you'll find it. And I'm so glad that um, you were able to take the time to listen today. Amy, thank you for your time. You're the best. All right.